this is Terry Beatley, your host of What If We've Been Wrong? I'm shining light into some dark places so that beauty, goodness, and truth defeat the schemes of the enemy. It's true, people are perishing for lack of knowledge, and we're instructed to have nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I do on What If We've Been Wrong? Rethink, explore, and uncover some hidden truths so that more people can experience an abundant life and the joy of being set free from the shackles that hold us in prison. Welcome to What If We've Been Wrong? The question is whether or not she was abused by then Brett Kavanaugh when he was a teenager. That's the mystery. That's what we don't know. And that, as far as what I'm concerned, is that she's failing to prove. So what we're dealing with here is uh, what I believe is radical feminism using that, that quote, Me Too movement. You know, Me Too, Me Too, I've been abused too. Me Too, me. all the women in America supposedly have been abused by some man. No, they haven't. Uh, not every woman has by any stretch of the imagination. And so I feel sorry for this Dr. Ford because I believe she does have emotional, mental issues. I am not convinced at all that Brett Kavanaugh did anything to her as a teenager. Well, my guest today is an anti-feminist, just like me. Normally, I, I refer to myself as a recovered feminist, but my, my guest today is Ava Armstrong. She's an anti-feminist. She's an author of 15 books. You can find them on Amazon. And uh, she's also a conservative. She's a uh, one of the producers on America Out Loud and a frequent guest speaker. Uh, but this is the first time I've had Ava on my show. So Ava, welcome to What Have We Been Wrong? Oh, I love your podcast and your show is great. And I'm very pleased to be here with you, believe me. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And we had talked about doing this for a long time. Of course, I never knew a number of months ago that, well, we would be doing it. And what inspired it would be the, uh, the Supreme Court uh, you know, hearing uh, over Judge Brett Kavanaugh. So, Ava, you know, we're talking about what the left, what the liberal communist left is doing to a man who's had a really, really, really good, clean, pure, you know, professional um, uh, career. There's never been, a, you know, any kind of a complaint that I don't even know if he's had a complaint against him. But in some of his previous previous jobs, I guess to work at the White House under the Bush administration, maybe it was when he was becoming a judge. You know, he had FBI investigations, which is normal, done on him. It was like six or seven of them. And he passed the FBI test with a clean bill of health. So my question to you is, uh, in, a, in a short statement, what do you think is really going on with Brett Kavanaugh and what this woman is saying about him? Well, before he was even announced as President Trump's choice, um, the left, you know, Chuck Schumer, and and the gang all got together and they decided they would you know put up a big stink about this this uh candidate whoever it was because it was a mystery at first there were three names that were put out there and they just said they would take this person down any way possible and they didn't even know who it would be yeah so that right <laughs> exactly so so what we're looking at is a system where it's so broken this is no longer about whether or not this man has good character this is about a public character smear 
where they leaked. And I read something uh, the other day where when uh, when uh, this Dr. Ford called Diane Feinstein's office, that was on that report. It, that like they gave her advice, well, to you know, call the Washington Times or to go ahead and get it out there in the media. That's a media smear. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking when I read mm-hmm. it, it's like, okay, if I had supposedly been attacked by Brett Kavanaugh when he was a teenager, what, what is that really the first thing I'd go do? Go run and put it in the media? You know, that, that's a smear campaign. What do you say? Oh, gosh. I mean, this whole thing, it just reeks. It stinks. I mean, it's... You know what happened is they picked the wrong guy to do this to. <laughs> why? Why do you? Now, <laughs> why I do you say it. that? I love it. <laughs> why do you say that? Well, I I think I think a lot of people were very surprised when he gave his um his rebuttal to mm-hmm. Ford's testimony. Um, he had plenty to say, and he certainly said it. And I I actually cried when I watched him. I did too. Uh, give give his testimony and I and I actually uh recorded it and I wanted my husband to see it when when he came home that night because we had both been watching this and Mm -hmm. you know he he actually teared up as well um he said this is what this is what a man feels like when he's being persecuted for, for not doing a thing wrong well and a man who spent his whole life with this impeccable record um, you know, he's a man, yes. he's the kind of man we want men to be like. He is courageous. He is yes. brave. He is yes. honest. He does strive for justice and, and righteousness. Um, you know, married one time, he's got two kids. He teaches his children how to pray. And what is, what does one of his little girls do? She actually says, daddy, let's pray for that woman. You know, so he, he's got a pure heart. Yeah, and, and that was marked in the in the leftist you know mainstream media that was actually mocked that his daughter was praying for christine ford um i i thought that spoke volumes about the left absolutely it's really it's a very sad day in america when we're doing this to an innocent man and you know it's one of the reasons i'm an advocate for men I've, I've announced that on Twitter mm-hmm. and I'm also an anti-feminist. Um, and I think we need men. I think we need them very, very much in our society. We need them to be the, the fam in the family. We need them to be the head of the family. We need them to be role models for our sons and to also interact with our daughters to teach them what a relationship is like with a man. That absolutely. I think of my own husband we have two girls, they're grown now, and um, I think my husband has set a beautiful example of what it's like to be a father and a husband, and they've seen how we've, we, you know, normally will handle disagreements. Um, my children have seen their daddy um, put, um, you know, build them up that they can do and be anything that they want to put their mind to, you know, uh, and but yet mm-hmm. encourage them to be um, to number one love themselves, and so we've encouraged our children um, to um, to not be taken advantage of by men in all sorts of different ways. You know, we uh, my husband taught our girls how to shoot guns, uh, how to hunt for deer, how to target shoot, and still be feminine, still be and so. It's just a beautiful example, and so I'm totally with you. So, listeners today, you, you, you know, I hope we have lots of men listening to this. Ava and I are encouraging you 
to be the men that God intended for you to be, not some emasculated mamsy-pamsy who's going to kowtow to the, to the radical feminist movement. So I, I want to give my definition of this radical feminist movement, back it up with a piece of history, and then, Ava, I want to talk to you, and this will probably go into the next segment as well, the different ways we can encourage men to be the kind of men God want them to be. And so the, the first point I want to make is on the history of radical feminism, just real short, real tight, is back in the late 1960s, there was a movement that started that was the, back then it was called the second wave of feminism. That was actually the attack on real feminism. So I right now don't even want to be associated with the word, you know, feminist, you know, because the original feminist, that, that was all good. That was all about the women's suffrage movement, you know, the women having the right to vote. Uh, but then it got attacked by the communist progressives and it was under um, not just this label but many but the National Association of Women that was founded back in 1960 I think it was 1969 by Kate Millett she was a communist and they set out to to uh, launch the Cultural Revolution and the only way they could launch the Cultural Revolution was to try to destroy men and so it's all documented uh, her sister, and I've actually interviewed her sister before, so it was all about, um, um, I mean, they literally chanted, you know, how can we make this cultural revolution? Well, we have to destroy the American family. How do we destroy the American family? By destroying the American patriarch. And what they mean is our strong men. They want to do away with patriarchs. Well, Ava, you just identified, I'm going to swing back to you and then I'll, I'll finish covering this. You just said that the, that the father, the husband, they need to be the head of the household, head of the family. What do you mean by that? Because there are a lot of women who would be so irritated that you just identified that the men need to be the head of the household. What do you mean? Yes. And well, I mean, they have a role to play and that role is very much described in what you said about your husband. Uh, they need to teach their children, especially female children, how to interact with men. Mm -hmm. uh, I know, you know, my dad gave me a lot of advice um, in, a, in a good way. Like we'd be, you know, in the garden working together or washing the car or whatever we were doing. Mm -hmm. And it would just be casual conversation. But he would always remind me, you're in charge Okay. Mm -hmm. When you go out with any guy or whenever you're in a group of friends or whatever, you are in charge of you and you are in charge of the situation. If you feel uncomfortable, you walk away, you get out, you call me, right. I come pick you up. You know, we had all these little, these little mini talks all the time. And so I always knew that I could call him, you know, I, I knew I had like an antenna that went up and he taught me about that. He mm -hmm. said, you know, first of all, you have to understand men are different than women. Biologically, we're different. Men are seeking women all the time because they're much more sexualized than women are. This is just a biological fact. Mm -hmm. And that's something about a teenage guy that, you know, women need to understand. And the thing is, my dad always told me and my mom told me this too is that you have the power. You're wearing the ruby slippers, okay? You just don't know you have them. And you you can always, you're the one that's going to orchestrate the relationship. You're giving the guy cues, you know, about how to treat you and, you know, how to, how to 
enter into a relationship, you teach that man how to treat you. And so this is where fatherhood comes in. This is where, you know, fathers also do this with young boys. They teach their young boys how to be a young man. And there's a lot of etiquette and a lot of things involved in this. And it's very, very important. Well, and, and it's not being, well, I think a lot of the, you know, the angry feminists, they were hurt by their fathers. They either didn't have a father, didn't have a father who loved them, who nurtured them like your father did you. And the women grow up and they're, they're, at, they're mad. Well, now we've got, you know, sexual politics integrated into the universities in the women's studies programs. You know, that's all about um, radical feminism and hating men, teaching women that they can be like men, uh, that they're no different than men, and that, you know, teaching women that it's okay to kill their babies and all that. This was all part of the radical cultural revolution of the communists. Now, they didn't go out and call themselves communists, but they were, that, that's who they were. They were Marxists. They were communists. This is all written about. This is all documented. So where I was going with this is, at that um, consciousness raising meeting, they would sit around in a circle and do that chant. So when they started talking about the way we're going to destroy the family is destroy the patriarch. The way to destroy the patriarch is take away his power. They would say, well, how are we going to do that? And they would, they said, by destroying monogamy. Well, how do we destroy monogamy? And the, the author of this, Mallory Millich, she said, their answer left me dumbstruck, breathless, disbelieving my ears. Was I on planet Earth? And what these radical, lefty, communist women chanted is we're going to promote, here it comes, promiscuity, eroticism, prostitution, homosexuality, and abortion. And that's exactly what happened to launch this, uh, this cultural revolution, to a large degree, the sexual revolution, so that we end up with the Harvey Weinsteins of the world. Absolutely, he's a pig. He's disgusting. Um, and has he raped people? Absolutely. You know, I believe the, those women. However, I mean, Ava, you see it as well. Women go out and they're, they're dressed like they're prostitutes. They, they carry themselves like, just like you said, the women are in the driver's seat. We're teaching men how to respond to us. So if we act like prostitutes, they're going to treat us like a prostitute. What do you say? Yeah, you really need to have self-respect. That That's number one. And I know a lot of feminists, if they're listening to this broadcast, probably very few are, but um, they would say we're, we're blaming the victim. Right. Okay. This, this, oh, is, yeah. this would be their response. Mm -hmm. They would say, oh yeah, blame it on the women. Well, let me tell you something. If you dye your hair green, pink, and yellow, and then you go out and you tattoo your body and you put piercings all over yourself, and then you dress like a, a hooker, okay? If you really think that you're not going to attract the wrong kind of attention by doing that, you're deluding yourself. Thank you. You, Thank you, you. have yeah. you have no idea. You have no idea how, you know, you're calling the wrong kind of attention to yourself. And this is what I'm, you know, I mean, this is simple stuff here. It's but visual. But they don't understand okay? it, though. People don't, young women... I mean, it's hard raising children up in this kind of a, a culture because, I mean, even when they come from well, good families where the moms and the dads are trying to do it's still difficult. 
Uh, but go ahead. Right. It's like a it's like a competition in high school. If you walk in any any public high school right now, it's like a competition among the girls. Who can be the most badass? Okay. Mm-hmm. Who can be the most outrageous? Who can be the sluttiest? Okay. It's like a race to the bottom. It's a race to degradation. That's yes. what it is. And you know, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's really awful. We need to reverse that psychology. We do. And that's why I love what you're doing. You're starting the He Too movement. You are broadcasting that you are an anti-feminist. And when we come right back, Ava and I are going to be giving any of our men listeners some, um, some encouragement, some teaching points, some things that we would recommend that every man consider doing or learning about. So we will be right back. Well, the Out Loud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an out loud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Blitz your news and entertainment network where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, I'm back with my guest, Ava Armstrong, and we are encouraging men today to be the kind of men that God intended them to be. Uh, not what I call those mamsy-pamsy men who have kowtowed to the radical feminist movement, men who are emasculated, men who can't even think. Um, at what, I mean, we're talking about we need a culture uh, of strong men, courageous men, uh, who understand uh, gallantry toward women, you know, how to treat women uh, with respect and the attention they deserve, brave men, courageous men, men who strive for justice and righteousness. So let's, let, Ava, what I like to do is bat some ideas around and how we as women can help men, but also what can we tell men to do? And so my first thing is I would recommend men look up that article written by Mallory Millett, uh, um, and, and listen also to the other interview called Hating Men, the Rotten Fruit of Sexual Politics, because you will hear the interview with the sister of the communists who launched this radical feminist movement. Men need to understand this piece of history to make sense out of where we are today. So that's my first idea, and I'm going to pivot over to you. What's your idea? I feel really badly for a lot of men who have been through all of this rejection and shaming and just really vitriol that has come from women toward them for the last 20, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand their pain and I understand why they feel emasculated and they don't know how to react to women anymore because they're terrified. I mean, think about what Brett Kavanaugh just went through. And now that's how every man watching that, my husband said, every guy watching that feels the same way. He said, you see the outrage that he exhibited when he was, you know, accused, falsely accused of all these things. And my husband said, this is, this is how we feel. We're guys and we don't know what to do anymore. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's a desperate plea. And I think we need to go back to having something called manners. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think 
I really should be talking more to women than men mm-hmm. because most of the men I interact with on a daily basis are completely polite, fine. They have manners. They're, they're respectful to me. I also demand respect. So I think demanding respect is something that we need to teach our young women. And I don't think the men are the ones at fault. I think it's the women. Mm-hmm. Well, let's walk through that. So I already touched on clothing. I mean, that's just one of the many different examples. I mean, Ava, a man today doesn't even know, you know, should I hold, uh, not every man, I should not say that, but many men, they don't know mm-hmm. whether even to hold the car door open for a woman or to hold a door mm-hmm. open. They don't know if the woman's going to smack right. them and say, how dare you? What do you think? I, I can't open a door by myself. I mean, that's how broken I have this guys- is. I have guys on Twitter that ask me, how do I find a woman who's not a feminist? And I always say to them, usually you go to a church or you go to a, you know, some kind of a gathering and you can usually pick out who isn't. I mean, she usually looks normal. She doesn't have tattoos all over. She doesn't have, you know, orange and pink hair. And, you know, I mean, it pretty much you can tell who's not. But, you know, those are those are discussions that you need to have before you even get into a relationship with a person. Here's a good piece of advice. Um, my mom told me this. <laughs> she grew up in a big Catholic family, and so did I grew up in a Catholic family as well. And she told me that you need to meet a guy 10 different times before you ever go on a date with him. Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, wow, how do you how do you do that, mom? And she said, Well, you know, you'll see the person probably in school or there may be a basketball game and he's there and you sit next to him for a little while and talk. Um, or you may walk, you know, outside, you know, through the parking lot or whatever and, and chit chat with this guy. And, you know, there may be other people present too, but always have these little, these little times when you can Get a look at this guy. Really, really relate to him in conversation, okay? Mm-hmm. Do 10 different meetings like that in public, not not privately, before you ever go on a date. And I said, why is that, Mom? Why would I, why would I want to do that? And she said, because a lot of times you will find something about the guy that you don't like, and you'll be glad you never went on a date with him. Exactly. That's and that beautiful was some advice. Of the, that was some of the... Yeah. Oh, with some of the 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 wise the wise woman here that right. spoke. I mean, <laughs> you know, she was so she was so right. And you know, I grew up in a time in the in the eighties and nineties when things were crazy, and you know, Madonna was singing, you know, like a virgin for the very first time and wearing a schoolgirl's outfit. And you know, these were all my influences. You know, so. And things were really crazy at that time. I mean, there was a lot of promiscuity. There was, you know, all this, you know, openness and everything. And my mother was telling me to do just the opposite. Mm-hmm. And she said, you'll never regret it. She told me one time she, there was a party I wanted to go to. And she, she said, no, you're not going. Mm-hmm. And she said, you'll never regret not going. And That's I said, what do you mean by that, mom? I said, you know, I was angry at the time, you know, sure. and, I, and I'd say, what do you mean by that? And she said, you'll understand when you get older. She said, right now, these girls that you're hanging around with, and these were girls that were cheerleaders, they were good students and everything. But she said, you know what, they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing right now. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what they're doing. And she said, you don't need to be a part of that. You need to pay attention to your studies, 
you have art club, you have other things you're involved in. And she said, you, you know, you don't need to be doing that right now. And, you know, and I was lucky enough, like, like you said, I had a father and a grandfather who taught me how to shoot. Uh, they taught me how to do things on work on a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I learned <laughs> all kinds of things, you yeah. know? So, I mean, you know, I, there was family was a big, big thing. I mean, my mom was, you know, she, she kind of held me close and my, and what my mom didn't do, my dad did. I mean, he was like the FBI. And if I did go on a date, he, you know, he checked out everything and made sure I was on that date and where I went and, you know, made sure I got home on time and right. the whole bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, having, having children, having teenagers, boys and girls, we really need to kind of coach them along. I, I don't think it's you just drop them out there and let them fend for themselves. You really need to kind of, you know, take them under your wing and, and well, we're, we're you know, commanded to listen take to them, them under. Absolutely. And we're, I mean, we're commanded to take them under our wing. They're a gift. I mean, they're the apple of God's mm-hmm. eye. And, um, uh, and so, so, you know, in context of, of our heart for men who are so hurting in this culture um, under radical feminism. I mean, everything that's going on with Kavanaugh, because there's Kavanaugh with two little girls who clearly he has raised and nurtured and, you know, done his best with and, you know, coaches their whatever team that was, softball or something. Um, so, but, but swinging back to men, what else could we offer? You know, cause there are a lot of men right now out there. They're not fathers. They're just trying to find a decent woman to begin courting, uh, but they can't find one. And so, so you've given a few suggestions on where they can find one. What if they do that? And it's like, whatever they still, that, I mean, what, what, you know, like the other day I stopped in, picked up a cup of coffee at a whatever little get and zip kind of place and and um I was walking out my hands were full and the and a man I guess he was coming into the store he he quickly grabbed the door and opened it up and I so intentionally just bathed him in thanks because number one it was sincere but what went through my mind was that wow if I don't encourage him to do that he might walk in that store and and not know whether or not I even appreciated him opening that door so do you see what I'm saying? It's like it's being intentional. We as women have to be intentional to encourage men to be the, the you know, the way God intended these men to be, um, to be. And the, the, mm-hmm. the biggest problem that I see, Terry, for men today, young men that, that want to know how to, inter- how to interact with women respectfully, okay? Mm-hmm. We don't have fathers in like 50% of the families, yeah. okay? The fam- families are broken apart, and, and this, again, is caused a lot by, I think, the feminist movement. And, you know, men are kind of tossed aside, uh, you know, give me the child support and, you know, get out of my face kind right. of a thing. So they're very disconnected. A lot of men, I, I mean, a lot of guys go on and they become very good fathers, even though they're in a divided family, or they have split custody, but it's very hard. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. To have that, to have that father figure for those children is so critical. And now we're reaping what we've sown. Right. Okay, you're That's seeing it. the the results of it now because you know you're seeing all these kids with no fathers and how they're growing up and how they're acting. And we wonder why there's so much depression in this world for young people. We wonder why 
they're turning to drugs and they're killing right. themselves with fentanyl and you know and all these opiates and everything what is the pain that they're suffering and what it is it's that they've lost something and they don't even know what it is they've lost that's it but they've lost they've lost a father figure they've lost that that person that you can look up to and that that guy that's always there and he'll protect you and defend you and bail you out if you need to be you know i sure. mean you know my dad used to say to me you know as long as you didn't commit a bad crime i'll come down and bail you out you know i mean oh. <laughs> i had just such a great great relationship though with with my dad i mean he was he was my cheerleader you right. know and if you don't if you don't have that in your life um I think you're really missing out well, on so much. Well, and the feminist movement has, has and again, I, when I make these statements, I don't want men to think that I think this, but the feminist movement would like for every man to think that he's no better, he's not needed beyond his sperm. I mean, that's how they've reduced right. men today. I mean, they don't even need fathers for their children. They just need the sperm. And it's like, what a, that's a sad, sad day. So we're, so Ava and I are saying to every man who's listening to this recording or right now, this interview, is uh, uh, men are absolutely needed. We need strong, courageous, loving men, not emasculated men. And every child out there needs a father and a father so intricately involved in the life of his boy or his girl or his children. And because one thing I can say is that, you know, that little girl, if she doesn't have father in her life, you know, a loving father who's guiding and nurturing and counseling her and doing all those things like, like just like you describe your father and what I see my husband do for my girls or our girls, that girl will go out looking for love in all the wrong places. It, because there's a void, mm -hmm. there's a hole, but that that's why fathers are so needed. Strong men who understand their role as men, and and I, and I look at Brett Kavanaugh. He's a he's a beautiful living example of a man, a father, a husband of what he's supposed to look like. You know, he's providing for his family. He's involved in his children's life. He honors his marriage. And, you know, what do we get but a bunch of radical feminists in the Democrat Party trying to tear them to shreds because, quite frankly, what they want is to make sure Roe v. Wade does not get overturned. Why? Because that's a major plank in uh, progressivism, communism, is that if, a, that if the communists can convince the mothers of America to kill their own children, they've got the, the, the commies have control of the mindset of a whole group of people in a country, if they can, if they can be made to believe that it's okay to kill their own child, they're halfway home. Yeah, so. and the and the left has a has a real issue with white men. Okay, yeah, and they call it privileged privileged white men. And you know, Brett Kavanaugh grew up as an only child. His father and mother were both in in the field of law. Um, he was a lucky young man. I wouldn't call him privileged. I think he worked his butt off to get everything that he got. He graduated from high school first in his class, and he went to a, a Jesuit high school, which was very high-end, very difficult mm -hmm. coursework. Mm -hmm. He graduated first in his class. So he had to be paying a lot of attention to his studies. He also graduated first in his college class, and he also graduated first in his law school class. So I think this guy was not fooling around all too much. And he was also very involved in sports. 
So, I mean, when you, when you really look at his, his calendar, <laughs> I mean, he had very little time to fool around here. Well, and I, I love the point so, you made earlier is that, that they chose the wrong person because they chose the person yeah, who kept, yeah. keeps a calendar <laughs> since his high school days. Oh, yeah. I bet they were not expecting yeah. that one. I know, really. And I think he's just, he's just a, he's the consummate father. Like you said, he, he's the guy, he's the role model we should all look to and say, you know, what a great guy, you know, what a, what a wonderful person. Um, he respects women and, you know, he has appointed women as law clerks. He has an all female law clerk group and that's the first Exactly. And, you know, nobody talks, nobody talks about this, though. You know, nobody talks about that stuff. Well, and they need to be bringing it up more times at the hearing, you know, because it just goes to show that the only way they think they can get this guy defeated is to take it all the way back into, you know, early, early history and, um, uh, you know, high school days where nothing can be, you know, validated. And uh, but just but just tear him up in a media smear. This is nothing more than a character assassination uh, done all over the media, done in advance. You know, just like that, Diane Feinstein. They they sat on this quote information. They sat on it because they wanted to first test to see. You know, were they going to get the votes or not? Then when it looked like it wasn't, might not work out, and he might get you know uh, voted at, you know out of the committee hearing. Then that's when they pulled out all mm -hmm. stops. So it's a smear campaign, right. and it's a terrible day in America to think that this is what it has, you know, devolved into. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be and, coming right back with Ava Armstrong, and uh, we're going to be covering everything else. And we're going to dig deeper into Ava's He Too movement and and help her um, really get the word out about we are proud. And I, I join Ava on this. We are proud to be anti-feminists. I do not want the word feminist associated with Terry Beatley. We'll be right back. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. All right, we're back with Miss Ava Armstrong, and that is her Twitter, Twitter handle. And I encourage all of you to uh, uh, friend her, tweet her on Twitter, and we're going to be helping with this anti-feminist movement. I join with Ava. I am proud to be an anti-feminist. Uh, we're going to help Ava with the hashtag He Too uh, movement. Because uh, this is bullcrap that it's like every woman out there has been sexually abused by men. Um, we've already covered it. it. It's a lie. 
and we're tired of seeing men emasculated by radical feminism. And so, Ava, can you tell us a little bit more about the He Too movement? Well, a lot of guys are using that hashtag to talk about their false accusations. And there's there's really a lot of this that goes on. It's, it's frightening to me. Um, I'm encouraging them to use body cams, believe it or not, because... I know if I were a man right now in this environment, I mean, if you just get accused of something, yeah. then they automatically believe the woman, no matter what company you work for. Trust mm-hmm. me, that's what, how it happens. Mm. Um, a lot of these guys have, you know, they've told their story on Twitter in a few, you know, in 200, 280 characters or less. And it's really very heartwarming um, to know that, you know, I'm at least putting that out there. I'm at least sure. shining a light on something something that exists that's really, really bad. And we've got to stop doing this to men. That's all I can say. I mean, if women really want to be accepted and treated as equals and everything else, we've got to stop denigrating men. We've got to stop putting them in like a separate class. Um, we are equal to men. We're already equal to men, but we have to understand the, the feminist movement wants women to be men, okay? Exactly. They want women to lose all feminine qualities, and you can be a man. You know, it's kind of like the old commercial yeah, that used to be on television. You've come a long way, baby, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you can You can smoke cigarettes and get lung cancer now, you know? Well, yeah, there's <laughs> there's a lot of things that, you know, women can do that men can do. But there's also a lot of things that women can do that men can't do. Like we can have, you know, we can actually give birth to a, a human being. They can't do that yet. They can do it in a test tube. So, but society is becoming very um, separated. And I think social media is anything but social. What it does social media, what's being used for now is people hook up and they go and meet and they don't even know each other's names and and, they hook up and they have a, have a night of whatever. And then that's it. And that to me is, is just so wrong. I mean, it's so backward. Let me get something in here. I want to encourage everybody to go look at the video on YouTube called the economics of sex, the economics of sex. It, I think it's only like four minutes long, and I had I um, had both of my girls when they were teenagers sit down and look at this, and it doesn't look at the moral. It does not look at the morality or immorality of the birth control pill. It purely looks at the economics of what happened to our society, to our country, after the invention of the 1958 birth control pill. Okay, and you know the basic tenet mm-hmm. of this short little video is um, is that before the birth control pill, which is a chemical concoction, which by the way is a group one carcinogen uh, to women, um, but anyway, but besides all that, uh, the it, it looks at before the women could hold the bar. You know, the men wanted the sex, but the woman was not willing to give it. She she helped keep that man accountable because it's like if you have sex. Well, there's a really good chance, you know, you're going to produce a baby and produce a baby out of wedlock. So the only way of preventing that is 
is to just wait till marriage to have sex. So it goes over the economics of how uh, women are in the driver's seat, but with the pill, what happened? So now that, that man who used to fight so hard to get that one woman, now he's got 10 women uh, um, falling at his feet and it's eeny, meeny, miny, mo. It's a fascinating video, purely about the economics. Um, so let's see. So, so we, so it's almost like, um, you know, you've got some radical feminist movement, uh, women who, uh, they, they try to make the women almost like be men. Um, and then, then you've got others that really try to tap into the femininity of women, but then they end up, you know, dressing them as, um, you know, really using their sexuality. So women then get used as objects, right? Then you've got the whole, you know, homosexual movement, which that's another branch, because remember, the communists came over, and in order to push this radical cultural revolution, they had to spread promiscuity, homosexuality, um, abortion, and, uh, um, and pornography. They had to spread all that across our land to, to try to destroy the American family so that they, then the only way to do it is to destroy the man. So that's why we're saying men who are listening, you know, get smart, learn the history of all this kind of stuff, and then do the right thing. I mean, so I want to encourage men to, when you've got that opportunity to open the car door, to open the door, do it. Do it with grace, do it with courage, do it with strength. And, and don't worry about the fallout because if a woman barks back at you that how dare you open that door, you know, she can do it herself. Just smile and move on, you know, shake the dust off your feet. What about you, Ava? That's true. That's very true. Um, I always smile and say thank you to people, men or women that open a door for me. I just think that's common courtesy. Yeah. And there again, I think, I think a lot of things have, gone away from our society, a lot of courtesies like that. Um, speaking about, um, you know, having a baby, you know, getting, getting pregnant accidentally or whatever, uh -huh. um, that's having a baby is the least of your worries today. Believe me. Um, <laughs> yeah. you can have a lot worse, you can have a lot worse things happen to you with unprotected sex. You can get a life threatening disease you can get other diseases that are with you for the rest of your life. Um, I mean, sex isn't something to be traded like a commodity. Um, it's something that is so sacred and so special. Um, I, it's, it's very hard for me to even put into words. Um, my mom explaining to me to go on, you know, to meet a guy, you need to meet up with him 10 different times. Right. And, you know, listen to him talk and listen to him tell you about what's important to him, what his priorities are in life. Um, how you he know, talks about his mother and father. I mean, I think to me, a young yes. guy, how he refers to his family, his sisters, his mom and dad speaks volumes. And, and watch how he interacts in a group of people. You know, if there's, if there's a group of girls and he's standing there talking, I mean, is he actually, you know, looking you in the eye? Is he being polite? Is he including others in the conversation? Um, there's all kinds of cues that you can pick up on. And, you know, that's how you get to know a person. So getting to know someone, it's a process. It's not a hookup. It, it takes a long time. It takes, like my mom said, 10 different times to see that guy 
in 10 different situations. And then you, then he asks you out on a date and you say, you know, I'll make my decision now. I know enough about this guy. You know, should I say yes? You know, I'll go on a date with him and, and then you proceed from there. But you have the information and women have so much power. They just don't realize that they have a tremendous amount of power. And today they're and, just you know, using all, it in the wrong way. I mean, or they're maybe they're, exactly. maybe they're not using it at all, but I guess the argument would be, no, they're using it, but they're just, they're misusing it. You know, little do they know they're misusing it. It's grinding them down. It's grinding women exactly. down to objects. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think a lot of girls do this kind of stuff in high school or college. And then later on, they find out, you know, they find that they're alone. And, you know, that's a, that's a pretty lonely place to be when you've, you've given yourself away to all these various people. Right. And now you're kind of, you're kind of thrown, tossed aside. So you, you know, hang out with a bunch of women who all are feminists and they think like you and that's your life right there. And then they, then they complain though. They complain that there are no good men, but there are good men. There are many, many good men out there. There are. And we want to encourage all those men to keep doing the right thing. And because I, I think the more, well, you know, you look at this, um, what is he, a philosophy professor up in Canada, Jordan Peterson. You know, he's, you know, millions mm -hmm. and millions of hits on his videos because he's slaying the lies of radical feminism. I mean, what he's really attacking is postmodernism. That's what we're fighting now, postmodernism. And um, mm -hmm. let's see. So, you know, he has a huge following and, and it's very, very attractive. I mean, as a woman listening to Jordan Peterson uh, very respectfully slay the lies of radical feminism and the postmodernists, uh, and, and support marriage and to support, you know, fatherhood. It's very, very attractive to see a man stand his ground. He's not being obnoxious. He's not using physical strength, you know, to, to, to slay the lies. He's using his brain and, and, and his actions to, um, to speak truth, you know? And that's what we talked about earlier today, you know, her truth, his truth. Well, you know, can we just get back to what is the truth? You know, I wish I could talk to a group of, you know, angry feminists. And, and I would love to know where, who hurt you? You know, where, where or who, who hurt you in your childhood? Because they're hurting. If, they, I mean, if they had had oh, a loving no father. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, how does that raise There's no doubt you? about it. No. No doubt about that. Um, I think feminism is when people embrace that, that kind of lifestyle, I think they're crying out for someone to love them. Mm -hmm. And even all the things they do to their bodies and to their, them, to their person, um, to draw attention to themselves, it's a, it's a cry for help. Mm -hmm. That's how I view it anyways. Right. Um, I mean, you can just look at pictures of those women dressed in those vagina outfits. I mean, my goodness, you couldn't pay me to do right. that. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I, I could never. DC. I could never do that. Well, I, yeah, I, I oh. couldn't either. And I was there that day. I didn't mean to be in D.C. the same day they were having that pink-hatted uh, march. 
Um, but I saw them going by and then I was actually walking out. I, I was actually walking out to a Trump victory party and I had to walk against the flow of the marchers. And I thought, well, let me go and just stand out in the middle of them. Of course, they thought I was one of them. So I took my camera and I videotaped. You've never seen so many angry, disheveled, um, I would say low self-esteem people in all your life. And, but that low self-esteem came across as anger and like physical strength and yeah, you know, we're going to get, we're going to get that Donald Trump. And I just stood there and I thought this, it, it was bizarre. It was absolutely bizarre that this is what are, and, and they've got children in tow. You know, they're teaching their children that this is what it's like to be a feminist. They, you know, they were throwing used, um, you know, pads, menstrual pads, they were throwing those at, you know, people on the other side of this issue. Um, it, I mean, just foul. So it's like, so anyway, so I, you know, I just want to encourage women that if you're not a feminist, you know, if you're not one of those angry feminists who, uh, you, know, you value men, encourage the men in your life, encourage them to grow up and to be the men God intended them to be. But also Ava, you know, it's like, how can we, I mean, I know how I do it in my, um, with the, with the educational ministry, I have Jose Initiative is, which is a pro-life ministry. We literally teach people, if they're willing to listen, we teach them what the founder of NARAL, who trained Planned Parenthood on how to kill babies, he became pro-life. Um, he, mm -hmm. he admits to eight points of propaganda that he used to spread the lie that abortion is women's health care. I mean, we now know that if a woman has an abortion, her chances of breast cancer go through the roof. And so we're out teaching what this propaganda you know, was and how it's still being used. How else can we reach women who have been devoured by the lies of feminism? I mean, did, well, did I think there ideas? are. I, I do. I think there are a lot of women out there who are very... Um, sad, they're very lonely, they're very tired of being angry, they're very tired of all this, you know, backlash against President Trump. Uh, for what? They don't even know what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just, you know, they're just following marching orders right now from the left. And if you want to disassociate yourself from that, you can. You're a free human being. And you can do whatever you're, you set your mind to do in this country. It's a free country. So if you want to not be a feminist, guess what? You can turn around tomorrow and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Amen. Oh, it's as simple awesome. as that. Yes. And that there are millions of women who are, who are like you, who are like me and others, um, who, who want to embrace you know, the women who want to leave this radical, angry lifestyle of, quite frankly, it's really about hating themselves, hating the fact that they yes. are a woman, that they are uniquely made, distinctly made, different than men. You know, I celebrate I think, that. I think that that's mm -hmm. the thing that makes me the most sad, Terry, is that these women that I've met, I have friends that are feminists, and, you know, they have this sort of self-loathing that goes on. Mm -hmm. And they talk about themselves in a, in a bad manner. Mm. And I often try to uplift them and say, you know, you're really not like that. And you, you know, you're really beautiful and you have a lot of good qualities, you know, 
But they have this really, really, it's almost depressing. It's a, it's a self-loathing. That's the only way I can describe it. And it makes them very unattractive to men. Okay. Anybody that hates themselves. Right. It's very hard to have a relationship with that person because they're just always a downer. They're always right. in a down mood. They're always looking on the, the bad side of life. They, they see nothing positive to even live for. And, you know, yeah, they want to hang around with me because I'm always talking about, you know, the bright side of things, mm -hmm. the positive things you can do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a feminist. So, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> welcome to my world, you know. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I'm, I want to wrap this up on, on a positive note, which you just did uh, in helping women. But I also want to say, because I am a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm nothing without Christ. I'm nothing. I know not everybody listening to this show is a is a believer in Jesus Christ. But one thing, I mean, it, it, science has proven we are created. We're created by an amazing God. We're uniquely made. We are made differently. There's male and there's female. And and when you really delve into the science and and all of this, and it all points to a Creator that you know, Father God loves us. He loves and he loves every single one of those angry, angry feminists who were so hurt by either, you know, the missing father in their life or a father who just didn't know how to love them. You know, maybe, you know, I see this quite a bit, you know, their, their daddy was in their life, but then dad had a fling and he left mom. He left the family, you know, and it hurt. Mm -hmm. It hurt that little girl. And she grew up looking for love in all the wrong places and all those little teenage boy lovers, they all broke her heart too. And then she went away to college and oh, then she discovers the National Organization of Women. And what does that organization do? It teaches women to hate men. It teaches women that they can... Um, that they can be just like a man. It teaches women that they can kill their own babies and have that career and they can be equal to men. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like this snowball I do. effect. This snowball effect. I do. And I mm -hmm. I believe in a creator as well. And, and I have a very deep faith in that. I don't preach it to people, but mm -hmm. I have it and I'll share it with people if they want to hear it. Yeah. Here's the thing that I find really, really sad is in broken families, especially when young women go through this and they lose their father in that manner. There is a thing called forgiveness. Right. Okay. And it has great power and great meaning. There's no reason if your dad left your mom and he cheated on your mom and he went out with another woman, there's no reason that that young woman can't reach out to him and say, Hey, look, you left mom and you left me. And I understand that sometimes these things happen, okay? But I still want to have a relationship with you, Dad. Right. Okay? I still love you. And so, I think... You know, there's something very beautiful in that. There's something very beautiful. And I think there would not be a father out there that would not respond to that. Well, and the power is in being able to give that forgiveness. You're powerless as long as you're holding on to the anger and the hate and the disdain. But the power comes from being set free by choosing to forgive that person. And so, Ava, right. um, our time is up. I want to thank you for being on the show today. And, and I look at that as we're ending on a positive note. That positive note is one yes. of forgiveness, 
one of recognizing that you're made, you know, for the women, you're made beautifully and uniquely. And for men, you know, men, we need you. We need strong men, men mm -hmm. that will not buckle to the lies and kowtow to the radical feminist movement. Those days are over. Those days, I mean, I look as it started back in 1916 with Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood. It's a hundred year curse, but those days are over. And I see a new day dawning on America where men can be men, women can be women. We embrace how we're uniquely and distinctly made and we will return to purity and to family and, and really where love and life and family thrive.